2: Four o'clock hour here on the Hawkman and Crowder show. Thanks again to Zach Elb and uh, Rohan Nodkarney for joining us. Take you up until about 5 40. And then it's the Miami Heat at the Orlando Magic trying to bounce back after a loss the other night. Let's uh before we get to headlines, and by the way, welcome Dan Day, who uh took over for me behind the board. I moved into the on-air studio. So now Dan Day is running the board, Crowder, Solana, Dan, and Jimmy for the next couple hours or hour and a half, really. Um, I would like to, before we get into um, our guest who's coming on here, Alex Anno, and Headlines with Dan Day, I would like to do some cat talk. A little Florida Panthers update. Hockey fans, don't sit this one out. When it's game time, make Celsius a part of your play and get that energy up. Game day is fueled by Celsius Essential Energy Drinks, the official energy drink of the Florida Panthers. Your cat talk is that the Florida Panthers were on the road for a very long time. They're out on the West Coast. Didn't go great for them. Most recently, the loss to the Flames 3-1 to on Monday. But, hey, next two home games. or next two games are at home, and they're really good games. You get the Blues tomorrow, 7 p.m., and the best part is Heat play tonight, Panthers play tomorrow so you can watch the heat game tonight and then watch the Panthers game tomorrow and they don't overlap which is unbelievable and then Saturday 3 pm you get your Stanley Cup Finals rematch against the Golden Knights both games at the Amirate Bank Arena so two exciting games coming your way that is your cat talk all right let's get some headlines here with Daniel Day they the- brought you Forge ahead here on the four o'clock hour. They're brought to you by the new Palmetto Ford truck Super Center. Why buy your truck at a car store? Palmetto Ford. We know trucks. Today is the early signing period for college football. Yeah. So Crowder, I didn't even tell you. I had texted Dono earlier today, and I, I got here's here's me just being one hundred percent honest. I don't follow the recruiting stuff. Like I I just don't. Um, yeah. FIU is trash. Like, they're not getting anybody. (laughs) And I I love my Panthers. I was a bit harsh. FIU is not doing anything of notice. Like, I don't know the guys that FIU is bringing in. And the Hurricanes are obviously – I think they're, like, top ten right now uh, on, like, all the recruiting um, rankings on early National Signing Day. But I don't don't know the player – like, I'm sorry. I just don't dip my toes into recruiting. I don't. So I figured Alex Dono, who, for Hurricanes purposes – is locked in literally on everything Mm -hmm. that's going on, I figured we'd bring him on in about three or four minutes and we could literally just ask him, hey, tell us everything we need to know about what the Hurricanes did today and he can just inform us. Instead of me reading some article and sounding like an idiot because I don't know the players' names.
0: Oh, 100% because everybody gets that about Florida. Like there's some guy from Texas, this quarterback, dual threat quarterback from Texas, that's supposed to change Florida's outcome. He's a baby. He's 18 years old. Like, I don't know about these kids. Come in, ball out, and then I'll say, hey, he's the next Tim Tebow. But I'm with you, Solana. But I can't can't follow these
2: children. And I don't think anybody really knows about these kids. But with that being said, there are people like Dono who are actually reading and learning about these players and what they've accomplished at at the the high school level and what they're looking to accomplish. So at least we can get somebody who is informed about what it is that we're talking about.
0: Well, it's funny. Larry Bluestein is one of those guys too that knows every recruit in the nation. Yeah. He when I when I see Blue, we talk to Blue, and he tells me about Florida recruits and all this stuff. And it's like it's impressive. I I honestly love people like that. And Donald's one of them. Donald keeps up. Um, we had John Michaels on. John Michaels keeps up with this stuff. Like he really knows yeah. the the. We 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 almost about to sign a junior in high school. I'm like, bro, he can't even make a baby yet. I can't follow a guy that can't produce children. Like, I don't know what's going on with these kids. They are, they're 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 the youngins, but it is impressive. And it's one thing I say about Florida and why Billy Napier is failing. You cannot depend on a transfer portal for a quarterback. A quarterback that leaves, there are only so many, what's his name? Jaden Daniels, who won the Heisman this year. There's only so many guys that can leave a place, go to another place, and win a Heisman. Um Russell Wilson was another one. He was at, like, North Carolina State, went to Wisconsin, whatever. Whatever that is, like, when you – a quarterback that's a baller is going to be at your school balling, he's not going to want to leave. So, I think people are downplaying recruiting. And even we're talking about, like, not following it, but people downplay recruiting now because of the transfer portal, because the guys have to leave 10 spots over for transfer guys. You're not going to win a national championship. Look at the teams that are winning right now. Look at the final four teams. If, th- if you look at their rosters, those are not 22 starting transfers. You'll have five or six transfers, and you'll have 15 to 20 guys that you recruited that have came yeah. to play ball for your school.
2: 18- and 19-year-olds or 17- and 18-year-olds aren't doing anything for you uh, immediately in terms of win now in college football. All right, Dono is connected. Um, before, before you throw him up there, Dan, really quickly – just finish up headlines here so we can transition Adano.
0: Yeah, I just want to
2: say that the Miami Heat playing the surprising 16-9 Orlando Magic yeah. in Orlando tip. is going to be early tonight at 7 o'clock. Yeah, Magic actually good. I know that doesn't sound mm. right, but uh, like the Timberwolves the other night. Timberwolves actually really good. Yeah. Magic tonight actually really good. And the mm-hmm. Magic low-key have kind of owned the Heat in the regular season. Uh, nothing nothing that actually matters with the Magic over the, their entire existence. Uh, but, uh, when it comes to regular season basketball over the past like decade, magic have fared really well against the, Heat. and want to get to your weather from the DeMesman and Dover law firm, your accident attorneys.com. It's going to be rainy throughout the day. It's supposed to clear up a little bit on Thursday, but be rainy
1: again on Friday.
2: All right, let's head out. Thank you, Dan. Let's head out now to Alex Dono, who I see is connected. He's rocking his U hat. Dono. I, I don't know if you heard me there, but first of all, Crowder was talking about Larry Bluestein. And yesterday, you happened to fill in for Larry Bluestein on the South Florida High School Sports Show because Blue was at the Nat Moore Trophy presentation last night. So you're obviously, uh, you know, prepared for this conversation. I heard you on with Barkos earlier today on Tobin and Leroy. Dono, he's the host of, obviously, a WQAM host, and he's the host of Locked on Canes, best Miami Hurricanes content podcast version daily Um Alex Dono I don't know why I'm introducing you so much everybody knows who you are Dono <laughs> um, I don't I didn't want to just read some article and be like here's what the Canes are and you know everybody knows I'm a phony because I'm not following recruiting so I kind of wanted to bring somebody on who understands what's going on today and uh, who has a little bit more insight so Dono literally what I'm asking you is what do Hurricanes fans need to know about early signing day today
1: well, um, I'll tell you what they need to know over the next couple of hours. And in honor of Mario Cristobal, I've got my spatula with <laughs> me today. He, he's been flipping recruits. A couple of hours uh. ago, he flipped the <laughs> linebacker from Florida. Darius Hayes, four-star <laughs> linebacker, was committed to the Gators. He decided to get the hell out of Gainesville and come down to South Florida. And a couple of hours from now, uh, we're going to be watching. There's a five-star defensive lineman who's committed to Florida State. He's a Miami Central guy, Armando Blunt. Um, it's it's been a crazy saga with recruiting. Is like the craziest soap opera, guys. And I'll get into another crazy story in a second. But Armando Blunt, he's actually a high school junior who's graduating early. So Crowder's going to love that one. I mean, this guy he's not even a senior in high school, but he uh, back in September, Blunt first committed to Miami as a class of 2025 verbal commit a month later he flipped to Florida State and reclassified to the class of 2024 he's got really good grades he can graduate early he is expected in about two hours to flip back to Miami Uh, so that's going to be a crazy thing when it happens if it does happen later on tonight and you talk about crazy soap operas and recruiting guys so Earlier today, you mentioned Solana when I, I went on with Marcos a little bit fo- before 12 noon today. I had to get the hell out of there right at noon because I was watching the Shamanad madonna uh, ceremony. They've got some of the best players in the country, Shamanad madonna High School, and they were all you know, making their commitments official. Uh, Miami has landed two players from that school, four-star safety, Zaquan Patterson, who's really good, four-star wide receiver, Jojo Trader. And Miami was, like, hoping – that they could flip the best player in the country is also a Chaminade receiver, Jeremiah Smith, five-star generational type of guy. Uh, He seems like a program changer. He's been committed to Ohio State for, I think, even over a year. He's been verbally committed to Ohio State. But uh, over the past couple of months, Florida State and Miami and Florida have really been working to try and flip Jeremiah, keep him in the state of Florida. And like over, you know, the final, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes before Jeremiah announced a bunch of these, you know, Twitter insiders were like, hey, I think Miami's really trending here. I think something may happen. I think he may flip. He does end up picking Ohio State. After he picked Ohio State, he said in an interview, because there are a bunch of reporters out there that, you know, he lit according to him. He literally also had a Miami hat in his bag and he says he decided three minutes before uh, but he ultimately put on the Ohio State hat. Here's where it gets crazier, guys. And this is something this may be nothing. It's probably nothing. But everyone's tracking this because four hours after he announced Ohio State and supposedly signed his national letter of intent that makes it official, he still hasn't sent his paperwork to Ohio State when everybody else from his high school has sent their paperwork in. So now people from the Ohio State side are like, wait, should be we should we be worried? Is it just a formality people on the Miami side are like wait is Cristobal still trying to get him to change his mind so I don't know it might be nothing it might be something but overall guys I know I've talked a lot I haven't even taken a breath yet so I'm on a lot of Cuban coffee today like Mario Cristobal (laughs) overall you know whether Miami you know can somehow pull off a miracle for Jeremiah Smith probably not going to happen um Ball is doing a tremendous job here with this recruiting class because, uh, you know, they're they're probably going to finish anywhere between uh, the fifth best class in the country or even the third best class. If they do flip uh, the player who's committed to Florida State later tonight is expected. I think that would jump Miami in front of Florida State. Uh, And it would also uh, make Miami for the second straight year, Miami could have not only the best recruiting class in the ACC, but also the best recruiting class in the state of Florida. And that's that's really why Miami brought in Mario Cristobal. I know that people could say, well, he didn't take the knee. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. There are obviously, you know, obviously he's not perfect as a coach. But when it comes to a recruiter. That's Mario's bread and butter as a program builder and he could potentially pull off it was a, a the seventh ranked class last year could be within the top five this year which is pretty darn impressive especially since you know the team did okay on the field last year but they didn't do great on the field last year
0: now until that point it was funny you let me in my question where the 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 the, the... The record wasn't impressive. There were some games at Georgia Tech game. Everybody's going to remember that one where it like they were national. There were kids nationally looking at those games and to come out and to still see what Mario's doing. Is it still the lore of the U? Is it to your point? Like, is Mario just a hell of a recruiter? Like, for you to say what you just said in the last three minutes, it surprised me that UM's in all these talks with these five stars. What, what, what contributes to that?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, Cristobal does a great job, kind of setting the tone, and it's not like it's not that surprising what he's doing in Miami because he recruited very well at Oregon, and uh, and you know when he was working for Nick Saban at Alabama, Saban referred to him as like the best recruiting assistant coach in the country when he worked for him, and I think that what what Cristobal's been able to do that's helped build some momentum here is first of all, um, he's done a good job finding certain assistant coaches who are just really relentless when it comes to recruiting. Uh, Kevin Beard, the wide receivers coach, just oh. like – I don't think that dude sleeps. I think he's, he's texting recruits 24 hours a day. And, you know, uh, e- even with probably missing out on Jeremiah Smith, Miami's got a really good wide receiver class, and I credit – KB coach KB for a lot of that Uh, Miami's linebacker coach this year, who's actually a former Florida state player. uh, I, you know, I, I hope we don't eventually lose this guy to Florida state staff, but Derek Nicholson, Uh, he's doing an awesome job recruiting linebackers, and uh, you know everyone likes uh, Jason Taylor, of course, uh, helping with the defensive line recruiting as a defensive line coach this year. So uh, I think Cristobal's found you know a a pretty good mix on the staff for guys who work as hard in recruiting as he does. And then the other part of that Crowder is I also think that uh, what's helped Miami build momentum in the class of 2024 is the class of 2023 had such a successful year because Miami had a lot of true freshmen, Ruben Bain, uh, ACC, uh, defensive rookie of the year. Uh, Francis Maui Noah, the offensive lineman as a true freshman last year was First team uh, All Freshman ACC and Mark Fletcher, the running back, did a lot this past season on the field, and so I I think a lot of players around the country have seen okay. Not only you know did Miami use quite a few freshmen in substantial roles last year, but they seem to to develop and improve pretty quickly. And I think that's something attractive out there for young players. And in the case of Ruben Bain, especially being not only a local guy but kind of an ambassador for the South Florida area, he's the Nat Moore Award winner from last year, um, you know, I, Miami probably isn't about to land Armando Blunt from Miami central. If Ruben Bain from Miami central hadn't committed last year. So when you, when you keep some of the top local players home, that helps you pay it forward the year after that.
2: Yeah. I think that should always be a, a paramount, right? Dono, like keep, keep the local guys here. That's what hurricane fans, obviously. Uh, that's what they want. Keep the talent locally that's down what, here. Don't let, uh, what, don't, don't let Nick Saban, Come down here with this stupid helicopter and and park it right <laughs> in the middle of St. Thomas Aquinas and and leave with four or five guys. Enough of that nonsense.
0: Solano, it was literally what Howard Schnellenberger made his recruiting around. He drew, correct, the line. He drew the line. He state drew the line. State of The state of the state of Miami. If yeah. you can get Miami guys to come to Miami, you're gonna win a damn national championship. Yeah,
2: I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. Get an eight ball and watch the U tonight, 30 for 30, and just remind yeah. myself of the good old days, baby. What are you getting? I don't know. All right, Dono, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, seriously, that was very informative. Uh, yes, informative. Yes. Thank you very much. I, I would have not been able to do a, a 16th of uh, the knowledge that you just dropped on this show. So thank you very much. My final question to you, Dono, before I let you go, um, stadium proposals how do you feel about that I know you're happily married so you're not in the market but would would you have ever considered proposing to your now wife um, at, at a heat game or at a dolphin's game at a pan- like some in, in a stadium with 50,000 people watching you
1: if I had proposed to my wife that way she would not be my wife because she would have said no like that is uh, you mean know, she's not really a sports fan and she's also not a fan of tacky stuff. Like, I just think it's like the stadium proposal to me is tacky. I think the only way you can pull that off is, you know, because, you know, I I know some people out there who are married to or dating women who are sports fanatics like that. That's that's not my I think you have to be like you have to be dating some lady who is like, you know, she's she's got a, a wardrobe full of dolphins jerseys and you know she lives it like that kind of thing where you know that's not my wife so that would not have worked for me i do think the stadium proposal is tacky i also think it's like a weird way to put pressure on the person you're proposing to (laughs) because like Nobody wants to say no in front of 20,000 or 60,000 people, right? Like if you do it at the Kaseya Center, she's not going to want to, you know, humiliate you in front of the other 20,000 people. You do it at Hard Rock Stadium, she's not going to want to humiliate you in front of 68,000 people. So I feel like it's too much of a hard sell, uh, and there may be some buyer's remorse after the proposal.
2: He nailed it. Boom. He he nailed you. nailed it. He nailed it, Dono. Dono, thank you again. Listen to Locked on Canes. At Alex Dono on Twitter, um, and Dono, seriously, I appreciate you uh, taking some time on a, on a hectic day to drop some knowledge on early National Signing Day.
1: Yeah, I am going to do uh, do one more episode of Locked On Canes tonight. So maybe after you guys are done, if you want me to want to hear me uh, rattle off, uh, you know, twenty seven or so <laughs> names of players who have signed their national letters of intent, we got, <laughs> you have that to look forward to. There it is,
2: Alex Dono. Thanks again, uh, Hawk and Crowder. We continue on here. No Hawk today. It's Crowder, Solana, Dan, and Jimmy. In the next segment, Game Day Uncensored. Tua just had some interesting comments about an hour and a half ago. We'll talk about them next.
0: You're listening to the Hawk and Crowder Show. I came to La Havana. They wanted me to play double nines. I played double sixes. I told them if I played double sixes, I'm winning. And I won. Dolly. Hawk and Crowder.
2: Cowboys Christmas Eve. That's fun. 425 kickoff, by the way, on Christmas Eve, so <sighs> that means Game Day Uncensored with Brandon Tobin, Omar Kelly, and myself will be beginning at noon. Noon start time for Game Day Uncensored. Crowder, a couple things I wanted to touch on before we get into Tua Tungaloa's comments here regarding uh the Dolphins. Yesterday we, we just ran out of time when we were at Hollywood Kia. You had to catch a flight. But you were talking about the tight end under McDaniel's scheme, right, and the fact that mm-hmm. Durham Smythe, I believe the stat was that he had a, a season high for receptions in the most recent game against the Jets, but he hasn't caught a touchdown yet this season. We were talking about Dolphins issues, not, not so much in the red zone, but in goal-to-go situations and – you had mentioned that what the Dolphins are missing is that that Kittle tight end, right? Like just that monster yep. who can kind of run everything for you. And while I agree with you 100, percent and I don't think it should be an indictment on Durham Smythe, I thought, you know, for, no. truthfully, he's he's really good. He, he he's played really good. He's he's not George Kittle though, obviously. Um, I would I would say you know Kyle Shanahan had has been a head coach since 2017, and he's having this success over the past couple seasons. But it wasn't just like immediate, hey, they're Super Bowl contenders right off the bat. And look at the strides McDaniel has made from year one to year two. Look no further, obviously, to a tongue of Iloa. But aside from that, the running back position last year, I thought one of the biggest criticisms of McDaniel outside of December coaching was the run game. He was brought in as this run game guru, mm-hmm. and and there wasn't really an emphasis on the run game until the last like five six games of the season. And I thought this year, I mean, it, it, this team, you've you've said it right. They're a run they're a run first football team. Even though Tua and Tyreek are putting up stupid numbers, so just from one year to the next, the strides he made in the running game. My argument would be, why couldn't he do that in the tight end? arena as well with another year or two under his belt here as a head coach.
0: He's going to do it. Solana. He's going to do it. Like, that's what I said, because they're going to have a very low draft pick. They're going to the playoffs. They're going to have 25, 25 to 32 in the first round. And that's why I could say they could take a top tight end. Let me, you know what? I'll be honest. Two of the best, most successful, loved players in Dolphin history. And they're both my good friends. And they wouldn't disagree with me. Jason Taylor was not a great run defender. Jason Taylor would get to that damn quarterback and he was a monster. He's a hall of famer. I think 137 and a half total tackles. First battle. Jason was a dog getting to the quarterback. People used to run at Jason Taylor. He was not great against the run. Ricky Williams wasn't a great receiver. Ricky Williams caught some screens and different things they did with him. Ricky was not, he wasn't Kareem hunt or he wasn't. Um, what's the boy in new Orleans. Um, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, yeah. Like, Ricky wasn't that. Ricky couldn't get in the slot. Ricky Williams has no – he couldn't tie Christian McCaffrey's shoes in the passing game, and Ricky's a better running back than Christian McCaffrey. People have limitations. Durham Smythe's an ass kicker in the run. You just said it, Solana. He had four receptions. That set his career record. Just think about that. When you look at guys like a Travis Kelsey, look at guys like a George Kittle. I'll go back to my age and guys that were whooping my ass in Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez and those type tight ends. Those guys are a dime a dozen. They are generational talents. I just want to see McDaniel with a tight end that can do George Kittle type things or Travis Kelsey type things. And I think that would open up the best offense in football this year, numbers-wise quarterback leading the league in in passing yards receiver leading the league in receiving yards give me a tight end that's going to be one-on-one with a middle linebacker give me a tight end that can beat a Channing Crowder every single play in pass coverage and it's going to open up more for Tua it's going to open up more for Waddle for, for for Tyreek I was just saying that I know the style of offense. I watched the 49ers and I see Debo Samuel and George Kittle and and and, and Iuke and Christian McCaffrey and those guys doing what they're going to do. I know the lineage that McDaniel comes from. I yeah. know what he's trying to do with his offense. If you go out even that boy from what's the Detroit Lions boy, Hawkinson, Hawkinson. Yeah. That's that big white boy. That joker can play some or, damn football, or man.
2: Or maybe now he's in Minnesota. Now it's like Sam
0: LaPorta, the rookie who's also balling in, in in Detroit. That's it. Right. Hawkinson yeah the little young boy from Detroit yeah he is a dog I just want to see this offense that is breaking Dolphin records um uh Raheem Mostert just broke Ricky Williams record and touched you know I'm saying like I want to see this offense with a Laporta with a Kittle with a Kelsey I wasn't saying it as I'm criticizing a Chris Greer or a McDaniel for not having that guy they saw Gasecki, and I'll use it as an example they looked at Gasecki and said, this is not the, t- the type of tight end we need. Because Gusecki a big-ass glorified slot. And
2: and by the way, I know you weren't at all. I was just thinking about it last night when we were talking about that conversation. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, look at what he did with Tua in, in two years, right? And really in one year. Because the the leap from flow Tua to even last year pre-concussion Tua and, and pre-second concussion Tua or third concussion, whatever, in December when he ends up missing, like... It was night and day, right? And then this year, what he did with the running game—to take Achan in—he wasn't even playing. He had like five combined snaps in the first two weeks, and then he's the most electrifying player prior to his first injury. And then with Mostert, I mean, I read the stat on Monday: <laughs> Mostert in his first eight seasons of his NFL career, 19 total touchdowns. This year, he's got 20. So the leaps he's taken in just two years—like, I, I can't wait to see you know, five years from now, hopefully he's still a Dolphins head coach, but the same progress Shanahan has made going from, you know, elite offensive minded guy to now arguably the most well-respected head coach in the NFL. It's not crazy to expect McDaniel to be in that, that category in a couple of years as well. And as he continues to prioritize different things to improve on within the Miami Dolphins organization, Tight end, as you're saying, is 100% going to be one of them.
0: And that's one thing, quickly. We're we're in the game day uncensored, so I'll get football football football-y with you right now. I balled out in my first couple years, and you know who was next to me? Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas Jr. Seau, Sam Madison in the front, Keith Traylor, Bonnie Holiday, Kevin Carter. It made it so much easier on me. I'm talking about the the thought of that. We're just speaking about that. And then when Peasy came in, Getting 18 sacks a season. Like I saw the difference when I'm dropping back on the tight end and I don't, I'm trying to see where his stem is gonna go. Is he going inside, outside? Do I need to try to, you know, yell at YB about messing up because I can't cover this guy? Next thing I know, the the crowd roars because PZ just got a sack in two seconds. Like players around you make good players better. And I'm not saying I'm a two-a-tongue of a lower because he's an MVP race, but I'm just saying I've watched playing around greatness. And upgrading greatness. And I've watched playing around normal guys, playing around normal dudes. Tua's great right now without a tight end threat. And that was the point about me saying, I guarantee I love Chris Greer. He wears hats with suits. I don't get it, but let him do what he does. But Chris Greer is not, he's a very smart dude. He's a very intelligent GM. Right now, he is looking for a tight end to add to this offense. Double Tyreek, double Waddle, you're going to leave your middle linebacker on Laporta, on Hawkinson, on Kelsey, on these type of tight ends that we're speaking of, George Kittle? It's going to be impossible. Okay, and Raheem Mostert's coming at his backfield. Oh, you're going to let A-Chan run one-on-one with your strong side safety and let him bop, bop, bop his ass and go for 80 because we know what A-Chan can do? They're going to keep building on one of the best offenses that the NFL has ever seen, and that next step Will be getting a tight end that can embarrass a safety or a linebacker. I'm telling you, I'm calling it now. What'd you say? Mark the tape, whatever the hell y'all say. Mark yeah. the tape. Watch when they add this athletic tight end this offseason. Tua gets his deal. Tyreek's already locked in. Jalen Waddle's locked in. You got Barrios, Chase Claypool. I don't know. He damn used him, and I thought he was going to be the tight end threat in the red zone as well when he came and we talked about it. But watch when they add this dual threat tight end that can whoop a defensive end's ass in the run game and also act like he's going to whoop him and release on a play-action pass and nobody's covering him. That's all George. Watch half of George Kittle's damn catches. There's nobody covering George Kittle because of the fact that what Christian McCaffrey can do, Debo can do, he can sneak away as a third threat. They're going to add a tight end and this offense is even going to get better next season.
2: All right, uh, we got to take a quick break here. That's Game Day Uncensored again. Noon on Sunday, Christmas Eve, Dolphins, Cowboys, me, Brandon Tobin, Omar Kelly. More coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. It's Crowder and Solana filling in for Hawk here. We'll take you up until about 540 before the Miami Heat and the Orlando Magic play right here on QAM.
0: This is the
1: Hawk and Crowder Show. I'm pretty sure. If I was on a plane that was going down, I
3: could land it. fuck and Crowder.
2: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost
0: of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New
1: iPhone 15s? It's better
0: over here. Only at T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month. with Eligible trade-in when you switch.